I really like that last song. But have you noticed a word in that song? Wait. Sometimes he just wants us to wait. Father, I I come before your throne of grace this morning and thank you, first of all, that you're always sitting there waiting to hear from us. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you just fall on this room right now. I pray that you would affect each one of us in a way that only you can affect us. Lord Jesus, let the words from my mouth be only yours. I've promised you that this morning. and It's a privilege to represent you, Lord. And I just ask for your word to be pure and straight and easy to understand. Remove any scales on our eyes and our ears, anything that would prevent us from hearing exactly what you want. And Lord, where you've where you've woven your scripture into the words that you'll speak today, let those be remas, not just words on paper, but words that come alive and go into us and change us. Father, you know my heart. I was just thinking during the last song, Lord, I pray that when we walk out of here, that each one of us would go, wow, I didn't understand that about God. I didn't know that about Jesus. I didn't know that he loved me that much. I pray that it would be that new today. And that each one of us would walk out and go, wow, wow, I don't think I'll ever be the same because now I understand this to a greater extent. And we love you, Lord. We ask for your protection and your your assistance, God, with, uh, with everyone that's not here. Um, I pray this morning, God, for Brennan Carson. I pray for Greg and Alexis and Michael and Yvonne and Brooke. I pray for Isaac as he's doing praise and worship, Lord, at that event this week and this weekend. And I just pray your hand and your presence in every one of those situations because that's all that needs to be there and everything's good. In your name, amen. All right, so I'm going to go, I'm going to get rid of this stand right away because I can't move. All right, so we're going to be a little interactive today and I don't mean calling on you for answers, which puts pressure on you and makes you not listen. So um, I want you to interact with me a little bit in your brain power. I'm going to say something in a second. I'm going to say a word, and it's not a word that you haven't heard before that we haven't talked about many, many times, but I pray that it's new to you after today. So I'm going to say a word, and then I'm going to follow up with it. Three, two, one, relationship. Okay, we've heard that before, right? Have you ever not heard that before? No, we've heard that. It's a very common word. But what you thought about the moment that I said that is probably what determines how you go about a relationship or how you view one. So that relationship that just came to your mind and that when I said that, the thing that popped into your head could have been a very bad representation of a relationship in your life. It could have been a very sweet relationship. Anybody, just a quick raise of hands, anybody had a really good relationship with their grandparents or a grandparent? Okay, glad to see that. You know, many don't have the privilege of having them in their life just because of age and and when they were born and things like that. But grandparents are one of those that when I think of relationship, I go, that's a pretty sweet relationship. You know, it's just, uh, and, and I've been privileged enough to have my grandparents still alive when my kids were alive, so they were able to appreciate that as well. But do you see what I'm saying where... The basis of your idea of a relationship can be good or bad based on what you've been through. All right. So I'm going to segue into that a little bit because the Lord's going to talk about relationship a little bit today through me. And he wants you to see it a little bit differently than what you saw it when I said that word, even if it's a good relationship. Okay. Because many times a good relationship is based, almost all the time, a good relationship is based on the culture we, were, we grew up in, a relationship that we were involved in personally, or one that we saw and witnessed with somebody, right? That doesn't mean that that relationship was based on the foundation of truth or how God intended it to be. Does that make sense? And if we for sure saw a bad relationship and that flashed into our head, we know for sure that that was not how it's supposed to be, correct? So all the way back to Genesis, where Adam was the only one 
alive. Only human, alive, right? Our great Father intended for a very strong and personal relationship with Him. What did He do every night in the garden with Adam? He walked. Can you imagine? Lacey and I love to walk. In fact, our whole family loves to walk. But we were out walking yesterday, sweating to death. It was a very short walk. But we love to walk. Can you imagine looking forward to a day of, well, depending on if you like animals or not, naming animals and walking with God at the end of the day? I mean, he, he intended for a personal relationship. Then he thought, you know, then he, we don't know God's thoughts, but he writes in his word. Then he went, you know what? Adam needs a helpmate. So I'm going to have him, I'm going to give him somebody else and bless him with somebody else, a woman that he will have with him at all times, even though God was with him at all times, but there in human flesh all the times, right? And what messed up that relationship? God's view of relationship changing or Adam's? Adam's. And you know what? Sometimes I get really upset at him because I'm bearing the consequences of that really bad decision, right? Where he listened to someone other than God that he shouldn't have listened to. And did it affect his relationship and every single relationship since then? All right. So little Jeff here is going to tell you to rewind the course of history and think about that in the fact that all of our ideas of relationship unless they're based on the word, are not right. Okay? And and I know that's a bold statement, but relationship through God and through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit is the only definition of relationship. All right? So what I'm going to ask you to do in your mind, I told you it was a little interactive, is try to block out what your opinion of a relationship is. Okay? Whether that be a relationship in marriage, friendship with God, sibling, relative, anything like that. I'm just going to ask you to block it out if possible. I know it's possible, but if you have to choose to do it. All right. So what we're going to talk about today may form a brand new foundation for what you believe to be a relationship. Okay. And then because we've been talking about this so much, I believe that it could affect the next time you hear about relationship, because we're going to continue to talk about relationship in this church. It's all about relationship. So the next time Greg gets up to speak next Sunday, you might have a different way of looking at it, which will clarify things. And the Lord will speak to you even deeper through what we're talking about in relationship. Does that make sense? Okay. So the first question that I had, and I'm trying to think like all of us sitting here is what is relationship? Okay, relationship is communication. It is the basis of relationship is communication. You cannot have a relationship somebody without speaking to them. Right? Everybody agree? Okay. So when it comes to communicating, there are personalities, there are generational differences, there are races, there are cultures, there are education levels, there are career choices. And there's even geographical location that affects those relationships, correct? And the ability to communicate, right? So outside factors will always be there to affect your relationship. And right now, we're not even talking about just relationship with Jesus. It affects relationship. Like if Cole was away at college on the the West Coast, it would affect our relationship a little bit, right? I mean, technology plays into it and makes it a little bit better. But if I'm not there with them, able to hear and talk with them, it affects it. Maybe a little bit, but it still affects it. So everything can be a barrier to a good relationship, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. All right. So relationship is communication. Well, relationship with who? And now we're going to delve into relationship with our Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, because that relationship affects every single relationship after that. It is the foundation of the relationship with anybody else in the world. Okay? So picture, and this is another thing, all this interaction I'm asking you for, if you did not grow up with a good relationship with your father, your dad, or he wasn't even in your life, or he had passed away when you were at a young age, think of the relationship with a dad that you've always, pick, always pictured as the perfect father situation, the perfect fatherhood. Just picture that in your head. What does that mean? 
Can you see yourself with him? Can you see yourself talking to him? Can you see gifts from your dad maybe? Can you see acknowledgement of when you accomplish something at work or, or in anything, in recreation, relationship, whatever? Picture that relationship. You got it? That's the relationship you have with the Father in heaven. Those desires that produce that visual in your head are from the Father. He's the perfect dad. The perfect dad. And he's there even when you don't have a perfect fatherhood or dad situation in this life. And the relationship with that heavenly father affects the relationship that you have with your dad now. But if that relationship with the father isn't there, know those barriers we talked about? All kinds of barriers can affect those or be in the way of a good relationship here on earth. See with that foundation of the father? He's the perfect father. All right, now picture... A friend, you might not have a best friend, but picture, visualize a best friend. Picture a best friend. What would you do with him? What would you, <clears throat> what would you kind of expect in that type of relationship? What age would you want that friend to be? Older, younger, smarter? You want to be smarter than that person? Some of you might. Just want to rule over them a little bit, but they're best friends. So picture that person always with you. Moments hesitate, no moments hesitation on the call. You can call them at any time. You can email them. They'll come see you. If you were in trouble, if you had a car accident, they'd be there in a moment. That's Jesus. Jesus is there every minute of every day. He will come at a moment's notice. He will never fail you, just like that second to the last song we talked about. Never fail you. Not if this was happening, he wouldn't be as much of a friend as he could be. That's Jesus. And he's so much more than that. But I'm just trying to give us a visual picture of, of right now. I think my kids laugh at me sometimes, but I love the time period of the Knights of the Round Table. All right, King Arthur, chivalry, some of the guys in here, younger guys, I have kicked in the seat of the pants a couple times to say chivalry still alive, use it. I don't know what that is. Let me tell you what it is. This is how you treat a lady. This is how you treat your family. This is how you treat your mom. We've had some great conversations, but I love that time in history of chivalry and and conquering and castles and all of that. It's just always amazed me. Okay, so I'm going to give you something that God gave me during praise and worship. You're a child of a king that has a great kingdom, is known for the integrity in the kingdom and the robust economy and the fact that. People are encouraged to start their own businesses. Anybody who's against the, the kingdom, there's soldiers at a moment's notice to fight them. They're, it's just a perfect kingdom. It's almost like a Disney movie. Hannah's not sitting here, but it's almost like a Disney movie where you see everything's perfect and the market's perfect and there's, no, there's not even any rotten vegetables or fruit when you go by the, the marketplace. It's just a perfect type of scenario, right? Okay, so the king is your father. So you're a daughter of the king or a son of the king. And you grow up to the point where you're like, I've never seen anything except for this kingdom. And you want to go outside of that kingdom. And you say, Dad, my best friend who grew up with me, who you know has been with me since the day I was born and we've been best friends since, I'd like him to go with me. Will you provide for the two of us or help us initially to get a kickstart to go out and just see the rest of the world? And the king says, yes. Absolutely, this is what I want for you. This, I want you to go discover. I want you to learn. I want you to, to see what else is out there, right? So you're a son of the king, so you have part of me inside of you because of my DNA, Holy Spirit. I'm going to allow you to take your best friend with you no matter where you go. And he's going to be there to help you. He's a little bigger than you are, so he's going to guard you and protect you. He's going to have weaponry. He's going to do whatever. And he will be there for you at, at any time. And on top of that, I'd like you to take this little signet ring that I keep on my, on my little finger here that everybody knows is me, is, represents me. And I'd like you to wear that while you're on this escapade. And you now have authority. You have authority. Is it limited at a, at a point? Yes. But you have authority in my name to take that trip. Now, does that, do, can you see that visual a little bit? How that rep, that's representative of who we are? The Holy Spirit, you've got his, he's inside you at all the time. So you're a child of the king. 
You've got Jesus with you at a moment's notice of any time. And He gives you tremendous authority. Do you see the benefits of relationship with Him? Do you see the benefit of that? And maybe nobody pictures knights and King Arthur and whatever, so just take that visual and apply it to whatever you'd like. But that meant a lot to me because I can totally picture that and I can picture the honor and the respect of people when they know who you are, right? There's a lot of people that just don't know who we are. They don't know who we are in Christ. They don't know your, there are many of us that don't know our identity, you know, in Christ. And I want you to see how beautiful, how strong, how much authority you have in relationship with Jesus. It's, it's a privileged position. It's a privileged position to be in. So the big question, how do I do it? How do I have a relationship? Well, this is an amazing fact that I'm standing up here talking about relationship. Because when I grew up, I didn't see a lot of strong relationships. I just didn't see a lot of strong, true relationships. I saw relationships based on performance. Do this, do that, do that, and you'll be, you can be this. I saw a lot of relationships based on fear. Oh, if I don't do this, this could happen, so I'm going to be like this. I saw a lot of hypocritical relationships where people acted a certain way while they were in front of people, and then when they got home, they were a completely different person. I don't particularly believe those are true relationships, right? So me standing here talking about this, you know, well, my family knows my story and, and my background, but you know that this is coming from, from God because without him, I wouldn't know where the relationship was. But this is how we do it. We communicate with him every minute of every day. That shouldn't feel weighty. That actually should feel, wow, really? Like I can communicate with him every minute or every day. And I think we've all thought that before. But let me tell you what that means. That means that no matter what situation you're in, he has the solution and he's ready to talk to you about it. But guess what? If you're trying to hear him and you have a tremendous amount of walls up around you, you may faintly hear his voice, but you may not hear it at all. So if you have bitterness, a wall of bitterness, because of something that happened to you in life, and it's not even something you caused, it's something that happened to you in life, something you were born into, a relationship, a household that you were born into, and that root of bitterness is planted because of almost a protection mode of, of what happened to you, that's preventing you from hearing his voice. If there is anger that's welled up because of something that's happened to you, there's another wall. And you can picture if there's wall after wall after wall after wall, pretty soon you're not going to be able to even faintly hear his voice. Does that make sense? Is that clear? I, I just prayed this morning that it would, that all of this would actually be very, very clear, almost elementary. Because it's so simple, the actions that we need to take or the truth that we need to, to wrap our arms around to understand why many of us don't hear his voice. Okay, so those barriers that I mentioned, location, ethnicity, culture, I mean, I, there could be 50 things that you could name as barriers that you've put in between you and God's voice that you need to just look at and say, okay, Lord, I heard Mr. Jeff this morning and he said to talk to you. I've never really heard your voice, but I'm going to start asking you things. I'm going to start working through things with you. And I ask that the Holy Spirit that's inside of me start to reveal to me what could be in the way of me hearing his voice. Because ultimately, I know if I can hear your voice, I can follow it, right? I, I can follow it. So let me talk a little bit about what it means to hear his voice. Because I want to create a, not just a curiosity, but a hunger to hear his voice, okay? So... I'll just go through, and I think I might have tapped into this a little bit before when I, when I spoke last time, but I'm just going to go through a day. It can be my day, it can be Casey's day, it can be Cole's, Josh's, Shannon's. I'm just going to create a day for you, okay? So you wake up in the morning, whether it be work, vacation day, whatever, and you just go, wow, Lord, thank you for a good, day of, for a good night of sleep. If it wasn't a good night of sleep, God, I didn't get a, a lot of sleep. I really, really need your help today. Can you just help me before I put my foot on the floor? And you know what? 
Before I put my foot on the floor, I just want to ask if you'll cleanse my mind, heart, body, soul, and spirit of anything that is not of you. Because I don't want anything in me that's not of you. Every reaction that I have today, let it be of you. Every action that I have with you today, let it be of you. I just don't want to do anything by myself. This is before you step out of bed, right? You just kind of cleanse the plate, right? You kind of clean the plate and just go, okay, Lord, I'm ready. I'm waiting to hear because I don't know what to do. Like knowing that you, knowing what you don't know and admitting it is one of the first steps of relationship and communicating and transparency. So you get up, you eat breakfast or whatever. Maybe you spend some quiet time in the morning. Many of you have quiet time in the, in the evening or an afternoon at lunch, whatever, just to kind of rest your brain or to to say, Lord Jesus, just speak to me and I need it to be quiet to be able to hear you. So you might have a time like that. I'm not discouraging that whatsoever, but then you get to work. Well, or you go on vacation. So you're with your whole family and you're going to Disney or doing something like that. It doesn't matter what it is. It matters that you're speaking to him throughout the entire day. So for me, for work, I go to work. I have a list of appointments that that I have for the day or meetings or things like that. Every single one of those. It's not like I tackle them all at one time and say, God, just be with me at all the meetings. No. Guess what, Lord? As I'm driving to work, at 9 o'clock I meet with such and such. I don't know if they know you. But I know that they're going to, I want them to see you in me at this meeting. So whatever happens at the meeting, just let something happen that shows you. It's about real estate. It's about insurance. It might have nothing to do with Jesus. But let something happen at the meeting purposefully that you've put into place and let me not miss it. Okay? So then at that meeting, maybe something happens that you actually visually see. Maybe not. Maybe the person needed to talk to a peaceful person because their day, their morning was chaotic. And all they needed was somebody that treated, treated them like a human being, right? So then you go to your next meeting and you pray about that one. You're on vacation. You go to Disney. Oh, my word. We landed. The rental car wasn't reserved like we thought it was. The hotel was in a different place than we thought it was. Your reactions determine what happens in your life moving forward. Your reactions to every single one of those things. And when you understand that the only thing that matters is your relationship with God... In that situation, it takes a whole different priority. Okay? Rental car doesn't really meet that much, mean that much when you were supposed to speak or encourage the person at the counter that has no ability to control if the car was reserved or not, but is representative of the company at that point. Your responsibility, your relationship, your privilege is to be able to represent Christ to that person. Right? Your hotel's in a different spot. Okay. All right. Don't understand it. Don't like it. Don't have to like it. It just happened, right? Because things happen. It's our reaction to those things that make a difference in relationship with him. So as you work through your day, just talk to him. And at first, you might not hear anything back. You might not hear anything back. But he knows that you want him, and he's going to reveal to you the barriers that are keeping you from hearing his voice. Okay, now I'm assuming that many of us have barriers and barriers and barriers and barriers. I'm just assuming that. Many of you might have broken through these barriers years ago and enjoy a sweet relationship. And if you want to say amen or whatever, then that's just meaning that you know what I'm talking about. So, relationship at the end of the day is like, Lord, just reveal to me if there's anything throughout today that I missed, that you were trying to tell me, any person that I missed that maybe I can reapproach or whatever. I was really touched by my dad the other day. He, he was sitting at a light. He's in Florida. He was sitting at a light. It was raining, and a lady ran into the back of him. Not hard, but she just didn't stop in time. And so her bumper tapped his. He said his foot was on the brake. It didn't even move his car. I mean, it bumped it, but it didn't move it forward. So it wasn't a huge hit. He got out of the car. Um, you could tell the lady was, you know, she was just a little out of it. And he said, I, I didn't know if she was okay. I just asked her if she was okay. And she said, yes, her car was kind of beat up anyway. He said, I looked at my bumper. It was a little bent. It was an old truck that he's had for many, many years. And he said, are you okay? And she said, yes. And she says, I'm good if you are. And my dad said, I'm good. You know, he could tell he just didn't want to get into it with her and make a big deal out of it. And so they left. And on the phone with me in the afternoon, uh, I, I, he said to me, next time that happens, I'm going to handle that differently. There's no such thing as consequence. I ask, there's no such thing as, there's consequences to sin. What, what's the word I'm thinking of? Coincidence. A little spelled a little different. So 
Um, there is consequence. Another topic. Coincidence. There's no such thing as coincidence. I That happened for a reason. And my handling of that, not that he handled it badly, but he said, I will handle that different next time. She could have needed prayer. We could have just sat there and said, hey, this is not a big deal, but something's sensing in my spirit that you have some other things going on. And he would maybe pray with her next time. But he would just ask God, what is it in the immediate situation that I can do for you in this situation? Now, that is not usually the situation that you see on the road with an incident. Someone's on their phone immediately. I can't believe this right in front of the other person. I can't believe this happened. Stupid somebody that ran into my bumper and now I'm going to have to go to the insurance. And I'm, That's the way that I'm just going to say the world reacts, right? That's not the way that Jesus reacts. And every single one of those situations, like I feel there's a book this thick that we could go through of every potential situation that a relationship would affect. It's everything. It's absolutely everything in life. So at the end of the day, you wrap your life up, your, your day's journey, and say, Lord, is there anything I missed? Is there anything that you want to teach me or talk to me about or whatever? Just keep talking to me because I know at some point I'm going to hear your voice. Now, let's jump. Okay? Let's say you've worked through things and, and he's revealed to you. Oh, and this is how he reveals it sometimes. I'll be with Casey and something happens. We're out at a movie or something like that. And I get ticked off. Right? And Casey looks at me like, Really? And, and, I, and I think to myself, okay, better not, maybe I just said the wrong thing. Well, at the end of the day, when you're asking God what you did, he'll reveal that. And he'll go, you remember that thing you did at the movies? That wasn't me. And you'd be like, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. Should I apologize to Casey? Well, that's between, that's if you feel that that's the right thing to do. And he'll tell you. You know, he'll just, you'll know. You'll know. Well, as his voice becomes clearer and clearer, this is the part that excites me. Okay? This is the part that excites me. Because I had the opportunity of sharing my testimony on Wednesday at another church that a friend of mine goes to. And they really wanted to hear about Carson's situation and our family situation, which you guys know very well. I spoke about that. And then I spoke about, I could not, our family would not be together right now without a relationship with Jesus Christ. It would not be together because all of the things that tear relationships about plus 10 happened in our family. So there's no reason that our family is together right now or our marriage is still together or relationships are still together except for Jesus Christ and relationship with him. So I explained what that meant to us from that specific situation. But let me just say it broad scope for you guys in the fact that once you start to hear his voice, to some of you, it will actually be audible. Okay? It, you read it in the Bible. I encourage you to read it in the Bible. But to many of you, it will be a voice in your head that you always thought was your subconscious or whatever where you ever do that where you're just sitting quiet, but inside you're having a battle. You're like, what about, what about this? You will fi- God will show you, God will show you that that much of the voice that you hear is the Holy Spirit. But guess what? When you jump in with all kinds of craziness, listening to that voice, he backs down. He's not going to fight you. He wants you to want to hear his voice and it will become clearer and clearer and clearer. And and I, I'm telling you this, through all of the craziness that we've gone through as a family, I can only speak for myself. Every situation that we've been in with Carson, and even the worse and worse and worse and worse situations, the worse a situation gets, the more things that you thought and used to say mattered fall away. The only thing left is relationship with God. If not, something is going to come in and replace that. Depression, anger, frustration, suicide. I'm just, I'm being very serious about that. The only thing that remains, if you're a believer, is the Lord and the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father speaking to you. Sometimes all together, right? At different times. But it's the only thing that remains So I'm going to speak for myself here, and I believe he wants me to share this, and I'm just speaking for me. He does this different in in everybody else, I believe, okay? Different as in different ways. I literally can ask God what he wants me to eat. Like, I can have a choice of foods in front of me and say, Lord, that's good for me. That isn't. Just confirm. What do you want me to eat? And within two seconds, I'll know that. Like, it's just this, 
It's this voice that you have in, in front of you that is, you would consider answering silly things. Nothing is silly when there's a true personal relationship. Nothing is silly. I literally ask him, okay, Lord, I can go this way in my car or this way. I have 20 minutes to get to a meeting. Which way is better? Which way is not going to be blocked? Which way? And have I been wrong sometimes? Absolutely. It's not a perfect skill. I haven't perfected hearing his voice. But it becomes easier and easier and easier the more that I have nothing in the way, the barriers in the way. And that's why you hear Greg talk all the time about keeping a short account, keeping a short account. That's just making sure that there's no barriers to that communication, which determines that relationship that determines everything. There's no barriers and barriers go up in a moment, like literally I can have just prayed in my car. Lord, I'm about to walk in the house. I had a tough day. I don't want to represent that in my family or with my family members whatsoever. So I ask for your purity. Walk in the house. Cole, I asked you three times to empty the trash. (laughs) Seriously, dude. You know, and then walk into my bedroom. Was that really necessary? Could I have approached that a different way? Absolutely. I could have. So I go, Lord... What I just said two seconds ago, wrong. Cole, and I've done this, haven't I? Cole, sorry for how I said that. Still want the trash emptied. Sorry for how I said that. Wasn't right. But that's a short account because I don't want anything. Hey, Charles, can I have that water sitting there, bud? Thanks, man. Yeah. I don't want anything to negatively affect that, that fellowship. Thanks, man. So... Does that, does that make sense? Does that make sense? Don't, don't all of you want to hear his instruction at any time, at any point, and not guess what he's trying to say? Like, I'm, I'm telling you, and I feel like I'm jumping all over the place here. But when somebody asks our family, doesn't matter who it is, how have you survived this situation with Carson? And the fact that he's in the hospital now, right now, today. How have you survived it? Unless they understand Jesus, they will not understand our answer. Whatsoever. You can't, there's no logical explanation. Why haven't you pulled your hair out? Well, I wanted to. Why haven't you run away from your entire family to get some peace and quiet from the situation? I've wanted to. What has kept you from doing that? His voice. It's like a stop sign, you know, at times. No, don't go there. Don't react that way. The doctors are watching you. Everything's watching. And you know what Greg's brought a supernatural awareness to me of? The supernatural is watching me like the, the night that, that we were in praise and worship where it, it was crazy and good, you know, where everybody was, I mean, my two boys were jumping up and down. Um, he said, I'm not asking you to represent praise and worship with hands raised or hands out and whatever to make me feel good. He goes, we're battling a force that we can't see. And when they see you engaged, they're like, oh, he's listening. You know, they're listening to God. And so that's brought a new awareness of the importance of relationship. So so I haven't used any scriptures, but I'm going to, uh, I wanted to kind of put that out there so you were thinking about that before we started turning uh, into some scriptures. So grab your phones or whatever you've got with you, and I'm just going to back, because the Holy Spirit said to do this, I'm just going to back what we're talking about with scripture. And there's one thing that I, I, I actually skipped over. And this is a huge, this makes a huge difference. I mean, this is everything. So you've heard justification in the realm of a Christian. Justification, sanctification, glorification. Okay? For those that haven't heard that, justification is our gift to receive salvation from Jesus who died in our place. Okay? That's generalizing a little bit. But justification, you didn't have to do anything about. Greg mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Justification is a gift you accept it, but you didn't have to do anything to get it other than accepting it, right? And justification comes with salvation. So I believe all of us in this room are saved and have asked God to be in our, to come live in us. That salvation is justification. That was a one-time act, all right? Sanctification is a choice to continue seeking his face and become more like him. Okay, And that is part of that minute-by-minute decision to be in relationship and to keep a short account with him. 
Because sanctification is something that we will do until we get to heaven, where we live in a glorified body that's perfect. Okay? So we're going to be in sanctification, hopefully a lot of us, for a very, very long time. And that's not a negative thing because he has said, these things represent me. This is who I am. Do you want to transform mind? This is how it works. Do you want to live in purity? This is how it works. And so we're always working on sanctification. But the amazing thing is, and Greg mentioned, I think, one week ago, that there was someone that he spoke to that believed that after you get saved, you you don't sin again. Well, you can't ever have opened the Bible if you believe that. But the amazing thing about it is that you don't have to sin. Some people believe that you have to sin. It's just something that naturally happens. Well, guess what? You have a sin nature that you can choose to represent that sin nature or your new life in Christ at any moment of any day. It's a choice you make every single day. So the more, I keep using the word barriers, and I I guess God gave that to me, but walls. The more you have walls up, the more barriers that you have up, the more sin in your life, the less you're going to hear his voice or not at all. Does that make sense? And I think the thing that's trapped me a little bit in thought on this is, what about somebody who has really, really been, their, their life is just messy. Couldn't they have so many walls that there's not enough lifetime left to break those down? <laughs> like, I don't think that's a crazy thought. Like, that's a thought that I've had. Okay, maybe I had 15 walls, but what about somebody that has 500 walls from generational curse, from what their parents have done, for whatever? No, it's not the number of walls. It's not the amount of time. It's that God can do anything with anybody No matter what, he can wipe every wall down like dominoes in one prayer of in the courts and talking to the father on the throne. Like we've seen it happen, right? We've seen it happen. It's not something that you just go, oh, I'm too far gone. My friend's too far gone. He has, you know, those walls Jeff was talking about. I can't even see where they stop. No, God can wipe them all out. Like it's all about relationship. And I don't think I I can overemphasize the point today, but relationship is everything. It's everything. And whatever your opinion of relationship is right now, based on things that are just things that we've created and we've made up, if you go back to truth and scripture, your life will never be the same. You will never have the same type of relationship that you have now. It will transform a marriage. Because the things that really bothered you or you thought were big deals... Once you understand and hear God's voice, he reveals to you very quickly, not a big deal. Get over it. Like, I'm going to help you with this. You do not have to be trapped because of this, right? And you, and and it's funny because I'm going to get you not listening to me when I say this, but I dare you to try to think of a situation where a relationship with Jesus Christ would not make a difference. I dare you. There is none. There is none. All of the political junk that's going on right now in, in our world, all of it based on relationship. The, the flip-flopping leader of North Korea that represented communism to many, right? For, and atrocities that you can't even number, right? All it would take is relationship with, with Christ in his life. One person telling him about it and him going, I never wanted to live like this. I just got caught up in it. It was generational. Yes, I've killed people. I've done this. I've done that. I'm not saying he has. I don't know that for sure. I'm just saying there's atrocities represented by his government and his method of governing, right? All of it wiped out with relationship in Christ. All of it. Him waking up, clearing his mind, putting his foot on the ground and saying, how do I rule my country today? Totally possible. It's not unrealistic. And I think sometimes we think too far gone, too crazy. God, thanks for working here in our little church, but some really crazy people out there that we're never going to be able to see come to you. Not true. All it means is relationship. Okay? So I got off on that with the um, with Scripture. James 4.8. James 4.8. I know many of you love reading the Word, and I pray that these verses come alive to you because I saw things in them uh, this past week that I never really picked up before. So, James 4.8, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Is that a suggestion or a promise? Promise. Come near to God, 
and he will come near to you. Which one's first? Us coming to him. Right? And he'll come to us. He's not going to chase you. He's not. He loves you too much. He's going to let you figure things out and come to him because you want to be here from him and you want to draw near to him. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, purification, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. All right, double-minded, you can't serve God and darkness, right? You can't be double-minded. So he's asking for you to be singly focused and understand the relationship that he wants from you, not for you. The Father wants a relationship from you, not for you. Think about that for a second. He's not saying, ah, you know what? My relationship would be good for Lace. It'd be good for her. I hope she gets it. No, he wants a relationship from Lacey. He sees her praying at night because she's distraught about a friend that's involved in something that she doesn't agree with and she's just saddened because she can't see it. And he sits there watching her on her bedside and goes, yeah, yeah, that's perfect, Lace. Thank you for praying that. Yes. You know what? Call on me for that and call on me to help her and I'll intervene in that situation. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yes, it's exactly what I wanted to hear from you. He sits there and he's just so excited that she that he heard from her, not just telling her stuff that he wanted for her. Does that make sense? Okay. That was James four eight. Let's turn to John fourteen twenty three. This this will tell you a little bit more about our relationship with the Holy Spirit. John fourteen twenty three. I brought the big Bible so I could actually see it. I don't have reading glasses yet, but they're coming. Thank you. Oh, we pray all the time about sight for our family. Glasses just fall on the floor. Jesus replied, this is John fourteen twenty three. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. I just thought this was cool this morning. I've never seen this. Look what he says. Anyone who loves me, so Jesus will obey my teaching. My father, the ultimate dad, will love them and we will come to them. Okay, there you go. You got father, son, and make our home in them. Holy Spirit, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. He's just representing the father like we always talk about with Jesus. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate... The Holy Spirit, the third part of this beautiful relationship, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Remember how we talked about asking until you hear his voice? Do you think I will teach you or the Holy Spirit will teach you all things is a suggestion or a promise? See a trend? Ah, It's just amazing. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not... Give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I think the spirit of fear is one of the greatest, if not the greatest tool against relationship is fear. What will this person think? What will happen if I do this? What if I represent God at this time in my life? What if I represent God at my work? Will I lose my job? Who cares? Honestly, seriously, when you realize relationship, it doesn't matter where you live, work, play. He's got it all and he's not going to let you go. I mean, that's the amazing thing. I, I, I hear some, some of my friends every now and then will hit social media with, I just lost my job. We've got a mortgage and two car payments. Okay, awesome. Everything was flowing. He was providing everything for you. Guess what? He's got a new season in, in life for you and all you need to do is trust him. It's not that he's moved. God's support. It's going to look different now, right? When I heard that Nathan was interviewing, my prayer was, Nathan, Lord, let Nathan have an awesome interview and represent you at the interview, but your will be done. If this isn't it, let him just make sure it's clear to him. And if it's something else that he needs to continue to pursue, let him know that too. Like it wasn't, Lord Jesus, let Nathan get this job. Not my decision. Not my choice. I don't want my choice. What if God gave him my choice and it wasn't the right one? Nate, hope you like your job. It's my fault. (laughs) I mean, seriously. I don't want to... Decide those decisions, right? Like right now, if it was my decision for Carson up in the hospital in in Philadelphia, I would say, 
okay, I'd like this, 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 and this, right? But if this is the reason for all of this happening and I can't see this, which is exactly the case, I don't want to be making those decisions. So do I like him in the hospital? No. Do I like my wife being away for a week or two? No. Do I like the pain he's going through? No. Do I trust God? Yes. And so when people say, how are you dealing with it? I'm not trying to deal with it. You don't want me dealing with it. Right? I'm not trying to deal with it. It's God's problem. And we're seeing some of the symptoms of what we're going through based on the consequences of men and all the crazy decisions that we've made as a as human beings. But I trust him for my son. I trust him for my wife when she's away. I trust them for the car to get him up back and forth to Philadelphia. My dad says to me sometimes, um, I'm praying for your kids as they drive all around because now everybody's driving. And I'm like, thank you, Dad. I appreciate that. Thank you for praying for my kids. And I do appreciate the grandfather praying for kids. But do I have any control over who hits Carson's or Cole's car or Lacey in the Honda Fit or whatever? Do I have any control of that? Seriously, think about this for a second. Do I have any control of that? Should I be anxious about that? Should I trust a father that's got airbags bigger than this earth that, to protect him? Right? I mean, honestly, think, think in a new way. That's all I'm asking. Think in a new way and trust the relationship that you have with him. Get rid of barriers so you can hear clear so that your life changes based on this truth. Does that make sense? I wish I was excited. All right. First John 3, 4 through 6. So you're in John now, but go to the one that has a one in front of it. First John 3, 4 through 6. How are we doing on time? Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he may take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Okay. Now what that verse is talking about is no one who lives in him, in relationship with him, true relationship with him, keeps on sinning. Let that sink in for a second. Remember how I talked just a few minutes ago that it's our choice every minute, every minute of the day to do right or do wrong, right? Once you know who he is and you hear his voice, and I'm not saying you guys don't know who he is, but once you hear his voice to the level that you hunger for, you won't want to sin because it instantly puts up a wall that blocks or mutes the sound of his voice. Okay, so it makes you think very quickly. Yeah, it doesn't quite feel right what I'm being asked to do or what I in this compromising situation right here. My relationship with Jesus Christ and my father and the Holy Spirit that's within me is way more important than this crazy situation that I'm in right now that I could choose to step away from. And will I lose a friend or be mocked or whatever? It doesn't matter. Like, honestly, I, I'm, I hope you grab this because it's not that I don't want you to have friends. It's that I want you to have the right friends that are also in relationship with Jesus. Because then, that's why you guys love Ignition. Because we're all in relationship with Christ and when we get together, it's like one heart, one mind, one mouth. Like, and then you leave and we're all in our own situations and we have Jesus, but we don't have one of the other Ignition people linked arms with us at that moment, right? That's why everybody loves to come back here. That's what I'm talking about. This will filter your relationships in your life right now. If you really grasp this after today, it will filter your friends. Not that you're not trying to reach people that don't know about God, but he will talk to you and show you how to do that in a more effective manner from this point on. Hope that makes sense. Okay. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. And this has just shown us how to put it in more practice, more practical. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. We could do this like a game show. I could pass the mic around and have you read a verse, but I will not do that. All right. Everybody there? Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Love that. I will say it again, rejoice. 
Let your gentleness be evident to all. Is that a term that's over the top of most of our heads during the day? (laughs) Gentle? I would have to say that does not tag me at certain times of certain situations, but that's a pretty, pretty clear directive there. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God in that relationship. God, you've seen everything that happened today. I'm coming to you for this. I need your help. And the peace of God, which transcends all transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I have had, I've known people and I have dear friends that are afraid of sinning. Like it's just going to leap out of the dark and cling on to them. Okay? Now, in certain cases, depths of sin and things like that, it's not leaping out of closets. They're making choices to be, to be a part of you know, certain things that compromise their, their beliefs. Do you see what this verse is saying? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, all logic, all reasoning, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Go back to that example that I just talked about. Logically, with reason, human understanding, we cannot comprehend Carson's situation. We just can't. It hasn't followed any realm of reality to the doctors. It doesn't follow a certain disease pattern, and this is this, these are what you have, and this is what plays out, and this is how this works. So expect this. It has never done that in seven years since he was 12 years old. Okay? So if we were just depending on logic, reason, and understanding from a human perspective... Like I mentioned before, we would be out of our minds. Like by now, we would just be nuts. Because you can't sit in a hospital room for months and months and months. I don't care how good their Wi-Fi is. I don't care how many movies there are in Redbox, Netflix, whatever. It is not a good place. Okay? It's not a good place. Do they help people? Absolutely. Is there relationship and an understanding that, hey, this problem might not be just physical. It might be spiritual. No, there's no real understanding of that, right? Except in our hearts and our minds. That's why I love it when you guys go up and you know have visited him in the past when he's been there because he's infused for an hour or so with the reality that this is a spiritual battle. We're here for you. We don't know when it's going to end, but we're all arm in arm linked. You're good. Hang in there. You know, it's just awesome. Hannah was up yesterday, greatly appreciated. Jim said he was going up today and Lucy and... I'm just, I cannot emphasize the fact that you cannot see, you cannot take what you see as reality. You cannot. I say this to the kids all the time. Observe the masses, what everybody's doing, do the opposite. Observe the masses, do the opposite. It applies to everything, even in business. Like you see people going crazy buying houses right now. I mean, the market is ridiculous right now. People, there's not enough houses and there's buyers everywhere. I talked to two residential realtors last week and they said 80% plus, 80% plus of all new buyers of homes require settlement help from the owners, from the seller. Settlement help. Like that's helping them buy the house because they can't afford it unless you do. They shouldn't be buying houses, right? I'm just saying that broad scope. I'm not saying that there's not a certain situation where, okay, they offered, we're going to take it. We don't, we get less of a loan, whatever. But when 80% of home buyers require help to get in their house, they shouldn't be buying a house. Just saying. That's just one little example that popped up last week. Okay? So understanding and wisdom needs to come from our great heavenly dad and only from him. And if you can't hear his voice, you're going to be highly confused. Because you're going to go buy a house that you don't, can't afford and you're going to be, no, you'll be confused about a lot of different things. But does that make sense? Okay. I'm going to recommend, you don't have to turn there, but I'm going to recommend that you read today, sometime this week, Psalm 34. Many of you treasure Psalm 34 already. But Psalm 34, if you ever wonder what blessings will come from a relationship like we're talking about, read Psalm 34. You read that and you just go, I didn't know you were that good. I didn't know you were that ready to help me. You mean, really? Like, you do that? You expect that? You provide that? Like, you, you read Psalm 34 and you just go, okay, I'm sorry, Lord, for every doubting one aspect of you and your character. 
So I just recommend that to you. Second uh, Timothy one six. We got one more verse after this, and then I'll you can stop turning pages. Second Timothy one six. Okay. Everybody there? Yeah. Second Timothy one six. For this reason, this is Paul. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit God gave us does not for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Now, Paul was speaking of his situation there. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. And and it goes on. It's just a beautiful passage. But he's basically just telling us to guard that relationship. You know, we know if you know what you have, you're going to guard it. You're just not going to be loose and do whatever because the relationship is too valuable to threaten it. It's too valuable. All right. And then the last passage, Matthew 11, 28. Matthew 11:28, and I hope this resonates with you. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I think that refers to all of us because we've all been weary and burdened and maybe right now. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, if you guys, this is going back a little bit, but when cattle were used, You put a yoke on them to direct them and to guide them. And that's what he's saying. Just accept my direction for your life and you'll see that I'm gentle and you'll have peace. So I had asked you a couple questions. What is relationship? Relationship with who? How do I do it? What does his voice sound like? How do I explain it to my friends and family? You're not going to be able to explain it to your friends and family unless they have the gift of justification and understand who he is, even remotely. But guess what? You don't have to explain it to them. Wisdom, it says in the word in the Bible, wisdom is justified of its children. In other words, wisdom is seen by the fruit that is shown. So I'll just mention in Deborah's life, her family sees God on her every minute of every day. She doesn't actually have to say anything. Honestly, I know she wants to because she loves him so much. But there will be times, many times, that you cannot speak into your existing relationships. You have to live what we're talking about and believe it and they will see the wisdom because they're going to see the fruit from your life. And that is frustrating at times because you want them to get it faster. True? Okay, raise your hand if you want to see it faster in your life. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. I'm, I'm one of them. I'm just like, Lord, seriously? Like when I hear the word wait, I'm like, I just don't like that word. I don't want to wait. I know what you're going to do. You've even prophesied it. I know what you're going to do. Can you do it now? Please. I say that all the time. But then I follow it with, your will be done. (laughs) Because that's my will. The speed thing is my will. So, will it change me? Yes, I think we've talked about that. Will it change me? And then here's the final one, and I'll end on this. We just read that, Matthew 11, 28, right? All you who are weary and burdened, come to me. I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. So here's the last question that you will ask yourself. Once, you, once you're just encased in this relationship and working on it to keep it pure and holy and, and in short account. Father, why am I so calm? Why am I so much at rest? I have never experienced peace like this. Why is that? You will ask yourself that because it's there. It's there to come. Caleb, with all the craziness going on in your life right now, the decisions that will be made and what he speaks into your life 
will give you rest. I know you don't, sometimes I'm sure you don't feel that. You're like, oh, this could go this way, this could go this way, it could go this way. He wants you to be restful. He wants you to be restful. And you know why he wants all of us to be at peace and hearing his voice? Because I told Greg, this is one of the hardest things for me to, 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 to just accept fully. And I still ask him how I'm supposed to do this. He wants to work through us. Why? Like, we're a mess. We're still trying to figure stuff out. And he doesn't want to do anything except through us. Will he, you know, I mentioned to you that, that communication and relationship comes through, through justification and, and salvation as a first step. Does that mean that he doesn't hear the cry of somebody in the middle of a hurricane or a tornado or something like that where their house is threatened and they don't know God from anything? They just know that they're, hopefully there's somebody out there that I can cry out to. Does he hear them? He absolutely does. Is that a relationship? No. So he's there for everybody. But he wants to work through us. That stuns me. Like, why? Why? We can't comprehend that love. But from the moment Adam was created, he wanted to work through him. And he wanted to work through Eve. And then their sons fought, killed each other. One killed, And he's like, oh, I can't work through that. You know, I, that's not of me. Ask forgiveness. You know, there's consequences for things like that. But, yeah, consequences like we mentioned earlier. <laughs> Coincidence. So, he wants to work through us. And if we're not at rest and we don't understand him and we can't hear his voice, he can't work through us. He can't. So his purpose and his plan is, is threatened if we're not in relationship with him. So I really, really hope that made sense to you. I tell you what, the Holy Spirit, when he started talking to me about that, I was like, Lord, but Greg talks about relationship every week. I'm like, he's like, yeah, but this is relationship to you. And then I said to Greg, I said, do you have anything for me that you want me to cover? And he said, yeah, God put on my heart that you need to talk about your relationship with him. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, beautiful. I'll do that because I love talking about it. So, Holy Father, I, I pray, God, that this relationship that we're talking about that you outlined so clearly in your word is the only relationship that we hunger for. God, because if you have a beautiful young marriage like Josh and Shannon, they love each other. And they're wanting to know how to have a pure, holy, solid, incredible marriage relationship. Lord, if they understand what we talked about today, they will have nothing but that. But if they put that marriage before you, it'll be problems. It's such a clear promise, God. And so what I thank you for is that I know Josh and Shannon, and I know that they their relationship with you comes before their marriage. And then the, the friendships that they form with us and the bonds that they form with us us are in the proper order of just how you lined it up in scripture. So I just pray a relationship with you on every single person in this room, every single person that may be watching this video. And Lord, I just can't emphasize enough the blessing and the feeling of rest and peace that comes from being in that relationship, no matter what happens. And that's what our world needs right now, God, with all of the chaos in this world, they need to, they need to know why Christians are not flipping out and why they're at peace and why they're calm and why they're praying over others in times of chaos because they know the peace and they know the person that breaks chaos. So I thank you for who you are, Father, and thank you for how real you can be to us. And I pray this in your son's name. Just uh, for for a couple more seconds, and we're going to do this. You don't you don't have to keep your heads heads bowed on this, but God just put this on my heart this morning and told me to be bold about it. So, I'd like anybody that needs physical healing to stand. Okay, is there anybody this morning that needs physical healing in their bodies at this moment to stand? Okay. Yes. All right. Awesome. And I'm I'm not doing this because I believe that our hands. Hold the power. I believe that God goes through us to pray healing into people. So don't swamp them. But if you're near them, let's have two or three people place their hands on them and we'll pray for healing because I just believe in God's power. So let's do it. And all those who are seated at a distance from them, just reach your hands out in the direction of those as we pray. Father God, I trust you. I believe in your power to heal now And in today's world, I do not believe it's over. I do not believe it ended. I believe it's more powerful now than it's ever been. 
Holy Spirit, I actually feel your presence right now. I'm not just saying that. And I believe that you want healing when there's sickness or when there's hurt or when there's something going on with our physical bodies. I believe that you want it for the same reason that we talked about relationship. You want to use us to our fullest extent. And if the darkness has a hold or has a grab on us and says, I think I can take this person out with sickness so they don't hear God's voice, that's not what you want. So I pray healing from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet. And I pray that your power of healing goes through the hands of all of us that are sitting here towards these two. And I ask for your presence to fall on them. I ask that your healing fall on them. And I pray it with no unbelief. And I pray that it would happen now in Jesus' name and the blood that dripped off the cross that heals everybody. They just don't know it. So I pray for your healing and I pray for the healing of Carson. You've already promised it. It's coming. I just pray that you would sustain us until that day and save a ton of people that watched it. And I pray, God, with all of my heart that you would not only heal physically today the hurts represented in this room, but emotional. Because I know that you've shown Bren and I that emotional pain has to be healed before physical can sometimes. Because the emotional has set up so many barriers around the ability to, for you to come in and heal. So I pray all these things in Jesus' name. I pray protection around everyone here today. I pray for a force field of love and protection together, God. I know you offer both. And we praise your name. Amen.